0: The scripture this morning is James 3, verses 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. May our faith be visible through our works So that those around us may see your light shining brightly through our lives. Let our actions be a testimony to your goodness and reflection of your love.
1: Amen. Good morning, Faith Westwood. God is great all the time and all the time. God is great. You know, people are asking me, so how are you liking the new church? And I said, I am so blessed. (laughs) I said, what a gift this has been, and can you believe it's already been one month? One month. One month down. Yay! I'm so excited about that. It's been such a blessing. So as we join together, we have been exploring this and that, our sermon series from the letter of James to the early Christian church. This ancient wisdom has already reminded us how to handle our trials, how to show mercy, and how not to play favorites. Last week we talked about soul nudges and heart tingles. I hope that you have had some of those soul nudges and heart tingles this past week as you've been able to put your faith into action. This weekend we're going to talk about horses and ships and even fires in relationship to how we can tame the tongue and figure out how best to praise God. And I'm also going to share some of my biggest tongue twisters and bloopers in ministry. This is going to be fun. This is gonna be fun. Now you are invited to follow along as we dig into God's word today. The page number for our Pew Bibles is listed on the screen, but you are always welcome to bring your own personal Bibles. All ages are invited to bring your own personal Bibles and or you are welcome to use a Bible app on your mobile devices. So would you please join me in prayer? Almighty God, open our ears that we may hear your word. Open our eyes that we may see your glory in our midst. And open our hearts that we might know your spirit's presence with us in these moments. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. It has been said that the Christian should learn two things about the tongue. How to hold it and how to use it. That quote is not from James himself but no doubt inspired by the wisdom he shared to new Christian believers who wanted to learn and to grow in their faith. In this series, I have emphasized each week that James wanted these believers to become mature disciples of Jesus Christ. He wanted them to be living out their faith in ways that could make a difference in their lives and in the world around them. So these words from James are just as powerful in our world today. Most of us probably grew up with the words, and so you can repeat it with me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie. (laughs) Isn't it? It's a lie. Words hurt us. They can hurt us. And so we need to think about the powerful tongues that speak these words. As I was meditating on this scripture passage and reflecting on it, I was drawn to watching one of my all-time favorite movies called Leap of Faith. It's a 1992 movie, and it features Steve Martin as alias Jonas Nightingale and Deborah Winger as Jane. They are part of a traveling caravan who lead revival meetings to milk money out of people. It's true. So when they get stuck in drought-ridden, rust-water Kansas, they decide to set up shop. Jonas is able to read people, to pray on their wants and spiritual needs. No spoilers, but there is this very important scene in which an amazing healing takes place. And it shocks Jonas. He wasn't expecting it. The only healings that took place were the ones that he orchestrated. But there was one in particular that surprised him. And it angered him. He believes that he just got conned. And so he goes back to the revival tent to yell at the crucifix that is in front of the tent. He yells at Jesus and he says this. Remember me, Jack Newton. Got a question for you. Why did you make so many suckers? He said, you say, love never endeth. I say, love never starteth. The meek shall inherit the earth. The meek just got the short end of the stick. You say, is anyone pure of heart? I say, not one. Now little does Jonas know that these spiritual people in Rustwater, Kansas have enough faith to overcome his con and even the fake words that he speaks. Watching the movie again, I was moved by the power of the tongue, and the words did so much more cursing than blessing, though in the end, as always, God's grace heals and transforms." Now at the beginning of the letter of James, he wrote, Those who consider themselves religious, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. James needed Christians to choose their words wisely because their tongues could sure get them into trouble. There are so many verses about the tongue in wisdom literature of Job and Psalms and Proverbs so here are some of my favorite ones. Job twelve eleven. Does not the ear test words as the tongue tastes food? Psalm twelve three. May the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. Psalm sixteen nine. Therefore my heart is glad, my tongue rejoices, my body will also rest secure. Psalm 66 17. I cried out to him with my mouth his praise was on my tongue. Proverbs 12:19 Truthful lips endure forever but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. And Proverbs 17:28 Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. <laughs> The Jewish Christians who first heard these words from the letter of James would have been very familiar with these words of Scripture, heeding their ancient wisdom. James then dedicates a portion of his letter addressing the taming of the tongue. First, he warns those who are teachers, and I saw several of you stand up, those who are teachers, he said, be careful, because he said, you're going to be judged much more strictly. And why is that? Because teachers offer instruction and encouragement. They help to direct students on the right paths in life. That's a lot of pressure, isn't it? Remember that James includes himself in this analysis. The first century church felt this pressure to be cautiously optimistic in everything that they did. So James immediately admits that we all stumble in many ways. I loved hearing that echoed this morning in in one of the first songs. We all stumble in many ways. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging that James was able to name that centuries ago. Now for James, this is most evident when he's talking about the tongue. If someone is never at fault in what they say and is perfect, that person is actually able to keep their whole body in check. Of course, James is realistic to know that this is nearly impossible for human beings. The tongue just seems to be that part of humans that cannot get this lesson. And James then gives three concrete examples to help the early church to understand his perspective of how the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Number one, he talks about horses, bits, are used in the mouths of horses to help them to be turned. Now a bit is relatively small in proportion to the horse, yet the bit makes horses obey us. Ships. Likewise, ships are large. They're driven by strong winds, but remember that it is a small rudder that makes it move in the direction that it needs to go. And fire. Great forests can be set on fire with such a small little spark. The tongue not only makes great boasts, but it is much like that fire. The tongue, James says, is a world of evil among the parts of the body. Yikes. The tongue can actually corrupt the whole body, potentially setting the whole body on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Double yikes. Now verse Seven then reminds us that there are so many animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures. They can be tamed by humans, but seriously, no human has ever tamed the tongue. Now it was Benjamin Franklin that once said, A slip of the foot may you soon recover, but a slip of the tongue may you never get over. (laughs) Isn't that true? With a slip of a tongue, an impression can be destroyed. A relationship damaged beyond repair, and a promise can be broken forever. And sometimes, with a slip of the tongue, we simply embarrass ourselves. Honestly, I've had some doozies in the church. So have a sense of humor with me. As a new pastor, I had my first, one of my first graveside services, and it was for Veda. Veda was a saint in the church. And uh, her, her last words to me in the hospital before she passed on, that's for a whole other sermon, and it's beautiful and wonderful. But this was at her graveside for Veda, a true saint of the church. I was reading from 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 55, and where it states, For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. Isn't that beautiful? My tongue failed me miserably, and I said, And the mortal with immorality. For a saint of the church. I immediately corrected myself, but it was too late. I was mortified. And as soon as we passed the peace after the graveside, I immediately got into the hearse, and I was sulking. I was so embarrassed. I had no idea what to do. And then the funeral director got in the car, and he leans over, and he says, Pastor, what was that again? I was there eight years, and that funeral director never let me live down that slip of the tongue. Now, in my second appointment, more confidence, right, I thought it was going to be clever and, and creative, and so I developed this February sermon series that was based on the different Greek words for love. I created playlists of love songs from the 1920s until 2000. When talking about romantic Eros love, the playlist included the amazing song Truly, Madly, Deeply by Savage Garden. Beautiful song, yes. Gen X, you're with me for sure. I was describing this song in detail and about how long it had been on the music charts because I knew that some of my folks may not even know what that song was. And I was supposed to say that it was on the charts so many weeks on the top of the Billboard Hot Adultery I said it. See, I just said it wrong again. (laughs) Lord have mercy. The Billboard Hot Adult Contemporary Chart. See, it's still bad. Now, you know where it was going. It was the Saturday night service, and I literally did say that it was on the Billboard Hot Adultery Chart. I looked at the congregation who was stunned. Silence, staring at me. I turned to the accompanist behind me and I said, what did I just say? She just shook her head. I'm not repeating that. And then I said, no, no, seriously, tell me what I said. And she told me what I said. And then we all burst into laughter and it took about 10 minutes before we could recover. Uh, And then I learned that sometimes saying something more simply is far better and trying to repeat it is hard too, yeah. But no doubt each of us has faced... Those slips of the tongue. We've said things that we didn't mean to say, but once a word is spoken, it can never be taken back. It has been said in terms of our tongues, be careful with your words, because once they are said, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. So if it is so difficult for us to recover from the slips of our tongues, then what are we to do? James gives us sound advice that no human is able to tame his or her tongue, that restless evil full of deadly poison. So where is our hope? Our hope is from what James says in verses 9 and 10. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. We simply cannot help that praise and cursing come out of our mouths. Thus, we have a choice, don't we? The same mouth that can curse has the opportunity to praise. The same mouth that hurts others with words has the opportunity to do what? To praise. Now, honestly, we're very much aware of the ways that we curse others, and we curse their behaviors, and we curse their failings. We're really good at that. Are we equally aware of the ways that we are praising the Lord God our Father? Are we able to use our think-speak filters on a regular basis? Are we able to choose our words carefully? And are we able to focus on praising God? Because if we are better able to praise God throughout our days, then we will curse others less. Let's call this the law of the tongue. About the mouth blessing and cursing, James says, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Then he asks a couple of rhetorical questions. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is a conundrum about how a tongue can bless and curse. It doesn't have to be this and that way, though. James had to be thinking about what Jesus spoke about this. As recorded in Luke chapter 6, verses 44 through 45, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus knew that the disciples and the crowds, he knew they were struggling with their sins, those things that separated them from God. So Jesus consistently challenged God's people to tend to their hearts, to make sure that that they were loving God and that they were loving neighbor, and that they were not storing up for themselves treasures on earth where moth and rust do steal to make sure that their hearts were filled with grace and mercy and love and compassion. James wants this kind of consistency. James wants people to use their tongues for blessing because their hearts are full of Jesus. Christians should not take the bits and pieces of the good news message that that they want to, that are easy to fulfill, If they truly want to follow Jesus and become those mature Christians, then they must guard their tongues and what comes out of their mouths. So can we train our tongues to speak more words of blessing than cursing? I deeply appreciate the modern wisdom from AlphaCourse founder Nikki Gumbel, who reminds us that the words of the tongue should have three gatekeepers. Number one, is it true? Number two, is it kind? And number three, is it necessary? Let's talk about these. Is it true? Are the words that we are about to speak actually true, or are we tempted to exaggerate or embellish? If the words you are about to speak are not actually true, then refrain from speaking them. Or reframe the words that you intend to speak. Before speaking, ask yourself, is it true? Number two, is it kind? Human beings simply cannot keep themselves from saying something that is unkind. Someone gets on your last nerve, or people are just being people. Then some unkind words form in your mind, and they come off our tongues too easily. Sometimes, though, you and I are called to speak the truth in love, even when it's hard and difficult. But if that is the case, then do it with kindness. Because a little bit of kindness goes a very long way. So before speaking, ask yourself, is it kind? Is it necessary? You and I can be guilty of filling the silence with empty words. There are things that are not necessary to be spoken out loud. Sometimes we want to add our 10 cents worth. Sometimes we want to get the last word, right? But we are reminded that before speaking, we need to ask ourselves, is it necessary? Imagine if we had to give an account of every word spoken each day. Wouldn't we choose our words more carefully? Wouldn't we make sure that those words are filled with far more praising than cursing? Wouldn't we make sure that our words always glorify Jesus? This part of James's letter also reminds us that the words that we speak Cannot be filled with empty promises. The faith lived out through our words needs to match our actions. So, as individuals, if you and I love God and love neighbor, then our words and actions should reflect that. You and I cannot say, I love God, and then curse our neighbors. I'm in a new neighborhood. I've been getting to know our new neighbors. I've I met a few of them right away, but then others have taken a longer time to get to know. Maybe we go to the mailbox and, and somebody gets, you know, they're in their garage, but they get into their house quicker than I can get across the street to say hello. But it's amazing how God has blessed my prayers as I've been praying for my neighbors. How I'm learning some of the things that have happened. We just had a death in our, in our neighborhood. Lots of grief and sorrow. You know, those folks may have other church homes, but they're still part of the body of Christ. As individuals, you and I must find ways to love our neighbors, neighbors, all of them, even the ones that are hard to love. And we need to be speaking words of blessing on behalf of them. Now, as a church, if we speak about supporting important ministries and community partnerships, then we need to make sure that they are blessed. I continue to be amazed at all that Faith Westwood accomplishes. So please note that as I'm lifting these up, I'm processing what I'm learning and perhaps reminding others, and especially new faces, too. We have lifted up today the needs of the Faith Works Pantry. So please add a few items to your grocery list. Volunteer to help serve. We support the Love and Learn Preschool. Right now, we need to pray for their need for more teachers, and they need a cook. And then we can pray for more enrollments to come. We partner with our sister church, Iglesia Comunitaria, Pastor Juan Carlos. We collect clothing items and other things. So the next time you're getting ready to clean out your closet, bring some of those items to church. We partner with Central Middle School, providing encouragement for the teachers. Think about our Taco Tuesday coming up. We provide resources as needed, and many of you may not know that we are actually an emergency space for Central Middle School, if ever needed. Lord have mercy, but if ever needed, we're here. I just met with uh, the principal Klug. We both agreed that this school partnership is important and it is essential. These partnerships and so much more are celebrated and lifted up when we celebrate outside the walls. Coming up on September 10th. It's now is the time to sign up to get involved. You can do that right here on site today at the table in the foyer. And if those who are online, watch for those online signups so that you can get involved as well. Friends, we simply cannot forget that Jesus Christ is play, praised and glorified when we engage in this faithful and fruitful ministry. We can make sure that our words are filled with blessing and that our actions reflect that blessing. As I said at the beginning of the message, a Christian should learn two things about the tongue, how to hold it, and how to use it. May the words that we claim from the wisdom literature, from the Gospels, and especially from James, inspire us to hold our tongues and to use our tongues wisely. Amen.